Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pirkei Avos podcast. This is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn, where we live with the ethics of the Torah. If you have any questions or comments, or you'd like to reach out to me, you can send me an email at Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with a K at gmail.com. For this week, we begin with Perek Hey, Mishnah Chafdalid, Chapter 5, Mishnah 24. The Mishnah continues with the teaching of Rabbi Yehuda ben Tema. The last Mishnah, we listed, or Yehuda ben Tema, the author of the last Mishnah and the, the next two Mishnahs, listed different traits that a person should have. He said, Havi az kenemer, vekal kenesher, rotz be light as a, be bold as a leopard, light as an eagle, swift as a deer, strong as a lion, to do the will of heaven. And this Mishnah continues with another teaching of Yehuda ben Tema. And it's interesting, some printed Mishnayos actually put these two Mishnahs together and they list them as one. That, they're, that this Mishnah and the last Mishnah are really one whole Mishnah as opposed to two. But for today, we're going to teach it as a separate Mishnah. And the Mishnah says as follows. Who are you, Aymer? Yehuda ben Tema used to say, Az ponim ligehenim. The brazen go to Gehenim, which is purgatory. Uboishes ponim liganedim. And but the shamefaced go to the Garden of Eden, which is heaven. And the Mishnah finishes. May it be your will, Hashem, our God, and the God of our forefathers. That the holy temple be rebuilt speedily in our days and grant us our share in your Torah. The mission is listing two ideas. We have the first part, which is a continuation. It's talking about bold brazenness and shame-faced, and, and I guess, and, and I guess the trait of shame. And the second part of the Mishnah deals with, or seems to be a prayer that we're praying to God to bring Mashiach, to bring the Messiah, and to restore and to give us a portion in, in Torah. There's just a, there's a few ideas which I wanted to discuss tonight that hopefully we'll get some clarity and we'll be able to understand this Mishnah. In last week's Mishnah, as I mentioned, we discussed how each trait can be used for good and for bad. There are some midos, some character traits, which are innately positive, but yet at the same time, if we don't keep it in check, it can lead to negative outcomes. And at the same time, there are negative traits that are intrinsically negative, but yet we have the ability to harness these character characteristics to do good and to accomplish. And in, last, in the last Mishnah, we specifically gave examples of traits that are thought to be negative, right? We said brazenness, lightness, 
to be swift, right? These were, and we gave examples of how these traits are instinctively negative, but a person has the ability to harness them, to use them in a positive fashion to serve Hashem, to serve God. In this week, in this week's Mishnah, Rabbi Huda ben Tema is qualifying his previous statement. Because although we can use brazenness in a positive way to serve Hashem and to, to implement it in different scenarios and in different ways for our benefit, at the same time, it doesn't give us a license to be brazen and to be bold-faced. Meaning we have to be careful to separate the two. Because as we mentioned, it is a negative trait in the end of the day, which can be used at times for the positive. So he's giving us a limitation on our usage of bold, bold-facedness, of brazenness. And if we look at the wording of the Mishnah, it gives us this insight as well. Because what does it say? The Mishnah says, Who are you, Aymer? Az panim legehenim. The brazen go to Gehenim. And I think a, a point which, which I wanted to bring out is that the commentaries explain that there's a difference between using brazenness and being brazen. To use the trait for holiness, for good things at times when we need to, when we need to ask something, when we need to stand up for what's, what's right, we're using the trait of brazenness. We're using the mida of azus. We're being bold. But at the same time, we don't want to define ourselves as az panim, as a brazen person, as a bold-faced person. Because that means we're letting this negative instinct, this negative trait, define us. And if to let it define us is not something which is good. So although we need all the different traits that we have to be used in the appropriate settings and the appropriate amounts, when it comes to certain, I guess, traits that we have or characteristics, we still have to be careful to recognize that it's, it doesn't control us, that it's not us. We can use it, but we, we just we don't want to be defined as a brazen person. It's still instinctively negative. And therefore, we still have to be careful to make sure we use it in the proper way because it's a, it is something which can be challenging because on one hand, a person's required to, to stand up, to be brazen at times for good things, for, for the Torah, to stand up for, for what's right, for holy things, to ask a question, to understand. But on the other side of the equation, on the flip side, we're expected to, to not have this brazenness and this boldfacedness, this arrogance anywhere else. So yet on one, on one side of the coin, we need to have it when we need to have it, to have it in our back pocket. But at the same time, we need to put it away and to not, I guess, display traits of this for, for all the other aspects of our lives, whether it be dealing with people, whether it be our own attitude, our own, um, I guess, self how we project ourselves onto others and so on and so forth. So it's really something which is not such an easy trait to acquire. Doesn't mean we can't do it and doesn't mean we shouldn't try. 
But that's why the Mishnah is giving us a little bit of a insight that although we said in the last Mishnah that we need to use all the traits that we have for good, Yehuda ben Tema felt it necessary to put a limitation on that usage, to still realize that it's not a positive trait in the end of the day. It's something which is instinctively negative, which at times can be used for good. And we shouldn't forget for a moment that there comes a lot of risks and associations or negative associations with certain traits. And we have to just, if we keep this in mind, it's easier to keep things in check. Because I guess, the as the expression goes, foretold is foreworned. But basically, when, when, we're, when, we, when we're aware of, I guess, certain traits and what they can do, that already is half the battle. So that's just one thought in the beginning of the Mishnah. Now, a question we can ask is what is so bad about being bold? Right? I, we understand how it could be a negative trait, how it can hold a person back. But why do we seem to be focus, hyper-focusing on it in this Mishnah, in the last Mishnah, we have to come back around and to qualify it, to give it limitations of how we can use it. What's so horrible, horrible about an Az Panim? It's so bad that the Mishnah refers to this brazen person as somebody who is, who's going to go to Gehenna. He's going to go to purgatory. It obviously is, is something which is extremely a negative trait, but there's a lot of negative traits. Why are we just focusing in Zooming in on this particular character trait. And this is, it's not the only place that we see association of a person who's brazen, who's bold faced, that they go to the to Gehenim. We see in other places in the Talmud as well, where, where verses are brought down, that a person who displays this trait, who displays these tendencies, is someone who is, who, he's on his way to Gehenim. He's on his way to, to purgatory, right? What is so bad about this trait that we constantly have this connection between these two, between displaying these tendencies and and going to Gehenna? So I was just I was thinking about the answer a little bit, and one thing which I I uh, I thought of, which maybe helps can help us answer this question. And I did see some commentaries explain similarly on this vein is that boldness, this az panim, is extremely closely connected to haughtiness, to arrogance. And the reason why this trait is exceedingly dangerous is because it prevents a person from hearing any criticism, from taking any constructive criticism from applying things to his life, his or her life. And in a way, it's something which entraps somebody into being who they are, not letting them change. It's, 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 it's imprisoning. It imprisons a person because no matter what is going on around them, when someone has a certain level of, of brazenness, which is really arrogance, they'll never be able to, to see themselves for who they really are or for where they're at. And if a person is not able to see, I guess, their faults or able to accept criticism or to hear the messages or to see the signs, 
So then they stand no chance of ever improving, of ever becoming a better person. So I think that's why the Mishnah is, is really tying or speaking about, this is why the Mishnah is speaking about brazenness in such a harsh way, because it is the, the I guess the worst thing that can happen to a person is, is being in a situation where they can't grow. They can't change. They can't become better. They're trapped. So if a person displays a trait which is causing themselves to stay where they are, they're actively keeping themselves down. So therefore, it, it, it surely must be a, a very serious um, negative trait that a person can possess. And therefore, the mission has to go, speak about it in such a heavy way, in such a powerful way. Because it's a trait which keeps a person down and doesn't let them grow. And it's interesting, the the Masil um, Zasharim writes that one of the the methods of the Eitzahara of the evil inclination is that he doesn't necessarily always try to get to, you to do things bad or to do bad things. He does do that, but that's not what he always tries to do. He does want you to, to do averos, but that's not always his game plan. He has other techniques that he that he could use against us to keep us down. And one of the things which the Yitzhahara does to people is keeps them busy. Now, it's not a bad thing to, to be busy, right? We, we want to be busy. It's important to, um, to, to have things to do, to have a structure, to, to be productive. That's what I'm talking about. What the Yitzhahara tries to do is that he keeps us so busy that we can never think. He keeps things coming at us until we, that we, we can't think about anything. We're not thinking about life. We're not thinking about where we're going. We're not thinking about, are we accomplishing? Are we not accomplishing? Are we doing what we're supposed to be doing? He constantly gives us situations where we're not putting our mind to the things that are important. And in essence, when we don't think about things, so then we're never going to improve. If we don't have the time or the ability or the mental capacity to think about where we're headed in life, so then how are we supposed to improve? Because no person, at least most people, are not the types of people where if we, if, if we know we're doing something bad, we're going to improve. We're not that bad that if we, we realize we're doing something wrong to ignore it and to keep doing the wrong thing, we're not like that. Surely we'll improve in ourselves. Surely we'll do things better. But if we don't think about those things, if the Sahara doesn't prevent us from thinking about everything, from, from um, taking the time to sit down and to contemplate about where we're going, so then surely we're never going to change. And that's exactly what he wants. And that really ties into this idea because if we're in a position where, it, where we can't, we're, I guess we're, we're causing ourselves to keep ourselves down. We're, well, we're, we're in a position where we're, we're the cause of what's keeping ourselves down. So then it's tragic. It's an extremely negative trait, a, 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 a mida, a tendency, which is the cause which can prevent a person from changing is extremely bad trait and a 
very, and it's something we need to stay away from. And that's why the Mishnah is coming back around and giving us a strong message about the trait of Azus Panim, about brazenness. In the Parsha, in these coming weeks that we're dealing with right now, in the weeks that, <clears throat> and in, in the Parsha of these past few weeks, we've been dealing with Paro. And we all know that Hashem hardened the heart of Paro. And we discussed a little bit about this last week, but what I wanted to touch upon is that Paro was brazen. He was bold-faced. And let's look for a moment what happened to him. It took 10 plagues against him and his whole nation and the splitting of the sea in order for him to, to let the Jews go and for him to recognize that Hashem was running the show. It, 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 all these messages, open miracles, him getting hit over the head and his whole nation getting hit over the head until it came to the first death of the firstborn and even past that, he still didn't give up. He still went after the Jews, chased them into the, into the sea. It was only until the splitting of the sea till he finally internalized the message, till he was finally able to get out of that mode to, to I guess, to see the truth, to see what was going on. And that's how far brazenness can get a person. That even if the 10 makos, the 10 plagues strike a whole nation and this, the sea gets split, we could still miss the message because we are becoming, we are a prisoner to ourselves. And it's very hard to break out of that. And that's something we see from Paro and, and really brings home this idea of the, I guess, the negativity, the, the dangers of brazenness, of being bold-faced. And that is why the Mishnah is giving us such a strong message. Now, we discussed the first thought of the Mishnah, which was that the az panim legehenim, that a brazen person goes to Gehenim. Now, the second thought on the Mishnah was ubaishas panim leganeidin, the shame-faced go to ganeidin. Now, what does it mean, shame-faced? And what is this referring to? Because when you read the word shame-faced, it seems to be giving off a negative connotation, a negative vibe. And really, it's, that's not the case. Because what the Mishnah is referring to here is that we're talking about a situation where somebody has a sense of embarrassment. And the Mishnah is telling us that when somebody has a sense of embarrassment, I guess this shamefacedness that we're referring to, it's a good trait to have. It's a good trait to have that um, boishas, that to be embarrassed about doing something incorrectly. Because if we're embarrassed about doing something incorrectly, so then it's naturally going to prevent us from doing averos, from committing a sin, from doing things which Hashem doesn't want us to do from staying away from people who are not necessarily the best influence on ourselves. Because if we have this natural state or this natural trait of boishas, it really prevents us and helps us stay away from a lot of negative things. And this is something which the Talmud relates. The Gemara lists three traits as identifying characteristics of, of the Jewish people. And they are as follows. Baishanim, Rachmanim, and Goyim Lechasadim. 
shamefacedness, compassion, and kindness. That if a Jewish person exhibits these three traits, there's a, it's, it's a sign that they're from the Jewish people. And, and, and on the flip side is true as well. If people don't exhibit these traits, there's something missing. There's something wrong there. Now, it doesn't mean we're going to start going around and looking at people. But my point is, is that we see in the Gemara, a story is brought down. Uh, it, it's, it's chronicled in, in Nach that it seems that King Shoal, King Saul, after he destroyed the city of Nov, the city of Nov the, of, of Kohanim, the Gemara in, in, in Yevamos relates a story that King David, um, there was a whole incident with the Gibonim, the Gibonites, and King David ruled that since you know the, the Gibonites didn't display these three traits, so therefore they couldn't marry into the Jewish people, and they're, I guess, you know, split off as a subdivision of the Jewish people. Um, but the idea is, is that we see that Jewish people naturally have these traits of shamefulness, of compassion and kindness. And there's really, it's nothing wrong with having a, a sense of shame. Uh, you know, uh, contrary to what people think, having, I guess, a little bit of embarrassment is a good thing. You know, I think nowadays we're in the age of social media where if you could do something embarrassing on camera, you're more popular or you're more macho. That's not natural. That's something which people created for themselves. And, you know, the question is, is asked, how do you get that sense back? If, if a person lost it, if a person doesn't have it, where can you find it? How do you acquire it? And the example I like to use a lot of times is that we have certain sensitivities within ourselves, but we have to resensitize ourselves to acquire it again. Naturally, we have it, but due to the fact that maybe we live in a society where the, the, uh, the aspirations and the, the goals are the opposite of our sensitivities. So therefore, we have, so we lose it. Right. And the, the example which I give always is that if a person watches television or plays video games or whatever it may be, there's a certain level of, of, of violence, right? Or a certain level of desensitive, you know, we get desensitized. We hear about murders, we hear about people killing each other, we hear about all these horrible things that happen. So if we keep hearing it all the time, when we actually hear about these things in real life, it doesn't really have an effect on us. It doesn't bother us because we're constantly hearing about it. So the experiment I tell people is that if you would not watch the news for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, and then after those four weeks, you turn the news back on again and it starts saying about all the horrible things they do, you know, the, the horrible news stories, because that's what keeps people watching if they only write bad news, not good news. It's going to bother you. It's going to it's going to it's going to irk you because during those past four weeks or whatever long it might be, you were able to re-sensitize yourself to your natural self. So my point is, if we're able to disconnect ourselves from the negative tendencies that are surround us, whether it may be people, whether it may be media, whatever it may be, we're able to 
gain our natural inborn traits of shame. Now, when I say shame, it doesn't mean we should be shamed. It means that we should have this trait of to, to, to be embarrassed, to act in a certain way in front of people, to, to act, you know, and brazen in front of others, just to have a, it goes together with sneos, I guess, modesty. That's another trait of the Jewish people that we're, we're, we're a modest people. And this is something which I think people have inside of them naturally. It's not, and, and I think it's human beings in general, and especially in, and, and it's something we can regain and reacquire if we work on it, if we work on it. Now, the Mishnah ends off with a prayer. May it be your will, Hashem, our God, and the God of our forefathers, that the holy temple be rebuilt speedily in, speedily in our days and grant us our share in your Torah. So many commentaries are, many commentators are puzzled by the connection between the first part of the Mishnah and this last prayer of, that ends this Mishnah off. What's the connection between these two different thoughts and ideas? We just were talking about, uh, we just said a statement. Yehuda ben Tema said, people who are bold-faced or brazen go to Gehenna. People who are shame-faced, they go to Gan Eden. May you rebuild the Holy Temple speedily within our days and grant us a portion of your Torah. Doesn't seem to have a connection. What is going on in the Mishnah? So there are many different answers which are given, and I'm hopefully I could go through a few of them right now. Is that well, some authorities, some commentaries are of the opinion that the, the chapter of Mishnayas ended here. This chapter, and really Pirkeavos ended at this Mishnah right here. And therefore, we ended off our learning of Mishnayas of Pirkeavos with this prayer, which would be appropriate. And later on, before the Mishnah was sealed. It seems like other Mishnayos were added in and there and it, and it and it was not the end anymore, but yet the prayer was left intact. The Gra, the Gaon of Vilna, he says that actually this ending belongs in a different spot. And I saw some other commentaries. The Ramban, Maimonides, explains that it's a prayer. That just like we discussed that the Jewish people have these three traits, the, the three traits of that they have this trait of shamefulness and they're kind and compassionate and they it's ingrained and it's inside within us. It's a heritage to us. So too, that just like these three signs within us are a heritage, so too God should rebuild the temple speedily within our days, which is also another heritage. It's also, God willing, going to happen. On a, on a deeper level, the Maharal, he explains that the Beis Hamikdash and the Torah have a direct connection to the first part of the Mishnah. Because in the first part of the Mishnah, we dealt with brazenness, bold-facedness. And the antidote for dealing with these negative traits, these dangerous traits, which we said can have a person end up in Gehenna, can cause a person to not ever grow, to, to keep them stuck in their own situation in life, to keep them prisoner to themselves, the, the antidote to that is the Beis Hamikdash, the Temple, and the Torah, and they really they really go together, because it's this idea 
of subjugating ourselves to the will of Hashem, of making our will God's will. And when we realize that there's a higher power, there's a higher authority, and we're, we give in to that, so then it's easier, how could we be brazen? How could we be bold? How could we have that arrogance? If there's something, if there's someone greater than us, if there's a mission that's more than me, so how could I be brazen? How could I be bold-faced? How could I know better? And that's the connection between the first part of the mission and the second part. That the, the Torah, the Beis Amigdash, the temple, are the antidote to, to fighting off this negative trait of az panim, of azos panim, of brazenness. And finally, another, the last answer which I wanted to share that to, for this question is from the Tiferes Yisrael. We know the Gemara, the Talmud states in Sota that the generation before Mashiach, before the Messiah, will be a generation of brazenness. And the Gemara goes through different examples. It's a very fascinating Gemara. goes through different examples of how this generation or the generations before the coming of Mashiach, the coming of Messiah, will look. Um, and one of the, I guess, character traits, it's not a positive character trait, but it's a negative character trait, is that before the coming of Mashiach, the generation will be brazen, will have chutzpah. And it seems that it's going to impede the coming of Mashiach, this trait. So therefore, it was appropriate that after discussing the trait of brazenness and how, it, how negative it can be, and we know that could, it, 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 it's even the time of Mashiach, it's going to hold, hold it back. So we pray that this era, which the Gemara talks about, should be a swift era. It should go by quickly. And with the coming of Mashiach. And whatever boldness we have, whatever brazenness we have, we pray that we should use it for Torah study. That we should use it to serve Hashem in that positive, tempered way, to use that trait in a good way. So therefore, it's not a question anymore why the second part of the Mishnah ends off as it does. Because although we know that this brazenness, Azaz Ponim, is negative, we, we end it, the Mishnah, with a prayer that it should be swift and quickly, that era, which will be before Mashiach. And whatever vestige of brazenness we do have, we should be able to harness it and use it in a positive way. Now, there's one last idea which I wanted to share before we finish tonight, is that if you look in this prayer, which we do say every morning when we finish the, uh, it's before, uh, at, the, at the end of Karbanos, we say this, the order of the sacrifices every morning before Shacharis. So at the end of Karbanos, we say this prayer. We pray for the rebuilding of the temple and we pray for our portion in the Torah. So there, are, you know, maybe for a different time, we can get into the connection between the temple and our portion in Torah, which on, on, to answer that question shortly is that only when, when the temple is going to be rebuilt, 
So then we'll fully get to our full potential. And I've discussed this before, the importance of the Beis Amigdash, because it really is, that's the, that's the way that we as a nation and as humanity, that we can reach our peak, we can reach our true potential. But on a side note, I wanted to focus in on the words of saying, Chalkeinu Secha, which literally means that you should, and, and that Hashem, that God should grant us a shear in your Torah. And the, the word Sein Chalkeinu, it's, it's a possessive that he should grant for us. Each and every one of us should be granted a portion in Torah. And just this is a um, very beautiful thought that each and every one of us has a different portion in Torah. That means that there's a chilek, there's, a, there's an area of Torah that's for us, that, that's for us to delve into. And just like we have our strengths and weaknesses, so too, that's, you know, in, in Torah as well, we all have areas of Torah that we will excel in. Certain mitzvos that are extra precious to us. And we should embrace that, embrace those, that connection and that ability, because that's, there's such a concept that there's a certain area in Torah for you. There's a certain mitzvah that's your mitzvah. And, you know, there's nothing wrong if somebody, you know, obviously we, we want to do all the mitzvahs, but if somebody has a certain, uh, I guess, proclivity to a certain area in Torah or a certain mitzvah, they should embrace that and, 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 and work on it to, I guess, to help it grow and to help it develop. And that's what it means, that God should grant us our portion in Torah, whatever it may be, whether it be a certain area in Torah and learning or certain mitzvah, so we should be able to reach our full potential. So that's going to finish today's Mishnah. I hope you all enjoyed. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me at Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with a K at gmail.com. Everyone have a great day.